This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. Girl power. This is a story of the girl who gave refugees a voice. Naya Doll Nguyen. Read by comedian Natalie Tran. It was a scream like nothing Yadol had ever heard before. It was piercing, blood-curdling, and it came from her mum. Somebody help! The soldier who was piggybacking Yadol dropped her to the ground. Their convoy of weary walkers came to a halt. Everyone turned to Yadol's wailing mum. My baby! Somebody help my baby! She cried. The baby was Nyadol's sister, Nyanhail. She was only two weeks old. Their mum had been carrying Nyanhail in a bucket on her head. She put a cloth across the top to protect her from the weather, but the cloth had fallen onto the baby's face. She's not breathing. Nyadol didn't know how to help. She was only four. All she could do was watch as somebody scooped up a cup of muddy water from a puddle and flicked droplets onto her baby sister's tiny cheeks. Wake up! Her eyelids fluttered. Wake up! She gasped for breath. Wake up! And then she cried. Oh, lucky, Yadol whispered. Yadol thought a lot about luck. On one hand, she didn't feel lucky to be walking for days on end to another country. On the other hand, she felt lucky to be piggybacked while hundreds of other kids had to walk on their own. Nadol and everyone who surrounded her in that convoy were refugees, people forced to leave their homes to escape danger. Her family was from South Sudan, but she was born in a refugee camp in Ethiopia, the country next door. Her mum ended up there because Sudan was at war. Nyadol didn't really know her dad because he was away most of the time fighting. He was a commander in the Sudan People's Liberation Army, and that meant a lot of people looked up to him. That was why soldiers insisted on piggybacking Nyadol because of who her dad was. You can't help where you're born or who your parents are, she thought. It's just a matter of luck. Fighting had now started in Ethiopia too. So Nadol and the rest of the refugees from her camp had to leave in search of somewhere safer. Unlucky to be homeless. Lucky to have each other. Until they didn't. Nadol doesn't remember how she lost her mum after that trek. They were separated in the chaos. And there were no phones or technology to help them reconnect. It was all a blur. Yadol became an uninvited guest, tossed between the homes of stepmothers. And when it seemed like her world was as lonely as could be, she found out her father had died. Yadol was numb. She didn't know how to feel. She was only eight. But she cried because it seemed like what you were supposed to do. Yadol seemed to be all out of luck. Until she wasn't. Nyadol? Is, is that you? It was a woman dressed in black. Mum? 
Nyadol's mother dropped to her knees. I've missed you so much, Nyadol. I promise to take care of you now. And she did. Nyadol moved in with six of her siblings and her mum in a one-room mud hut in a refugee camp in Kenya. They had tens of thousands of neighbours living in rows upon rows of tin shacks and tents with no running water or electricity. The camp was dusty, hot and infested with cobras, scorpions and spiders. Venomous cobras, scorpions and spiders. And the camp gates were guarded by soldiers with assault rifles so no one could get in or out. But still, Nadol felt lucky. She went to school at the camp and her mum always made sure she had food, even if it was just beans rationed to them from aid workers. Nadol had a knack for noticing that there was always someone worse off. And she vowed to one day defend those who weren't as lucky as she was. She just had to figure out how. Nadol, we've got it! Her mum waved a piece of paper in the air. We're moving to Australia. They've approved our application. Nadol jumped for joy. She'd never felt so happy, never felt so lucky. Her mum applied to move to Australia years ago and the family prayed every night for the Australian government to let them in. Our prayers have been answered, Nadol said. Finally, we'll be free. But Nadol was cautious. She memorised the serial number on every plane ticket. In case of bad luck, like if we lose them or they get stolen, she said. Final boarding call for flight KQ003 to Melbourne Strip. Please proceed to gate four immediately. Nadol, her six brothers and sisters, Two uncles and her mum boarded the flight out of Africa. They had no money, only their clothes, but they didn't care. We're flying to a better life, her mum said. Clean drinking water, power, health care, universities, sturdy houses, safe neighbourhoods, friendly people. It would all be worth it. As the plane descended, Nadol felt dizzy and disorientated. The world is upside down, she said. The stars are underneath us. The air steward smiled. Those are not stars, he said. They're city lights. Welcome to the lucky country. Nadol was 18 when she landed in her new home. She enrolled in her final year of high school and told her teachers she wanted to be a lawyer. But they didn't think she was capable. Your English isn't up to scratch. Your marks aren't high enough. Maybe you could be a professional hair braider. That's a good job for an African girl. Nadol knew she wasn't the top of her class. She wasn't the brightest kid back in Kenya either. But that was part of the reason she tried so hard. I have lots of friends in the refugee camp who are smarter than me, she thought. The difference is, I'm lucky. I've been given this privilege, so I have to make the most of it. 
When Yadol enrolled at university, she shared a two-bedroom house with nine people. She also worked three part-time jobs to support herself and her family. As she sat in a scrunched-up ball at the end of her sister's bed trying to study, Yadol wondered if her high school teachers had been right. Maybe it's impossible. The next day, a professor bumped into Nyadol at uni. How are you coping? She asked. It's hard, Nyadol said, but not as hard as a mum in South Sudan trying to raise five children in the midst of conflict and poverty. The professor was impressed with Nyadol's attitude and helped her win a scholarship. She moved on campus and had her own bedroom for the first time in her life. I can't get any luckier, Nyadol thought. Until she did. Nyadol Nguyen, we were introduced at a dinner for African-Australians. I'd like you to have a coffee with me tomorrow. Curious, Nyadol met the woman at a cafe. She pulled out a checkbook and asked, what do you need? Nyadol was dumbfounded. Her jaw dropped open as she watched the woman pen. A one, then a zero, and another three zeros. $10,000, she said. For you. Nyadol skipped through the city, wondering what she had done to deserve such a generous gift. She called her mum. I have $10,000. Do you want it? You could buy a car or a washing machine, 10 washing machines, or a holiday back to South Sudan to see grandmother. Her mum cried happy tears. No, Nyadol, you keep it. You use it to start a good life for yourself as a lawyer. Nyadol felt so out of this world lucky. But the people around Nyadol could see that it was more than luck on her side. She was being rewarded for her hard work and her growing urge to stand up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves. I'll pay it forward, she whispered. I just need to figure out how. After months of debate about stereotyping of Melbourne's African communities, the Prime Minister has reignited the debate, saying there is real concern about Sudanese gang activity. Nyadol turned off the radio. Hmm, it's interesting how the media never refers to criminals as white, she thought. But they're always quick to mention if the person is Aboriginal or Lebanese or Vietnamese or African. Nyadol the lawyer was starting to turn heads. She was tall and dark-skinned and it meant she didn't exactly blend in with the other men and women in suits. Journalists had heard of her and were looking for someone articulate to respond to their crime reports, so-called African crime reports. OK, Nyadol agreed. I'll come on your TV show. Nyadol's tummy fluttered with nerves, but she knew it was a chance to speak up for those who couldn't speak up for themselves. And a TV audience was bigger than the public gallery of a courtroom. A lot bigger. Her message would be heard far and wide. My issue is the way this is being made to be an ethnic problem, Nyadol said. It paints all of us in the community in a very bad light and it takes away from the achievements of so many South Sudanese people who are making a life for themselves and doing the right thing. 
The presenter nodded. But they challenged Nyadol. If we do have 30 people or 50 or 80 or 100 who all happen to be the children of South Sudanese immigrants or happen to be South Sudanese immigrants themselves running amok together, if we dismiss that commonality, are we missing out on a possible factor that needs to be understood to, to deal with this broader issue? Nyadol paused. It was true that there had been a group of young South Sudanese people involved in violent crime. But their birthplace was not the problem. You can't help where you're born, Nyadol thought. It's just a matter of luck. Nyadol pointed out that the people in question had a lot more in common than their race. They have issues finding housing, issues finding employment. They struggle in school, she said. We should focus on this as an issue affecting Australian youth. They're not other people. They're Australian young people having problems the Australian community needs to deal with collectively. Nyadol grew stronger with every word. This was her way of paying her good fortune forward, speaking out, defending human rights. Later that night, Nyadol tucked her daughter into bed. She watched her TV appearance back online and scrolled down to the comments. These people are like any introduced pest. They are a lower species. They are not Australian and never will be. She was sad to see such hatred, but there were also messages of support. Thank you for your compassion. Nadol, you're a role model. You are inspirational. I want to be just like you. Nadol realised she was more than just lucky. She was smart and she was kind and she would never give up trying to make the world a fair and safe place for everyone. She calmly closed the lid of her laptop. It was clear she had a long road ahead, but Yadol was used to long roads. She watched her daughter sleeping soundly. Don't worry, she whispered. I will always speak up for ourselves, for our children and for Australia. How courageous is Yadol Nguyen? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. My name's Natalie Tran and I'm a comedian. Make sure you check back soon for the next episode of Fierce Girls. It's all about the fantastic Faith Thomas, the first Indigenous woman to play cricket for Australia. Gotcha! Faith Coulthard Thomas grew up throwing rocks at Galaz. It was a bit naughty, but perfect training for a deadly fast bowler. Faith had only been playing proper cricket for a couple of weeks before she was picked to represent the state. Her phenomenal stats dominated the headlines. Hat-trick for new recruit. Six wickets for 26 runs. Six wickets for nil. So it was no great surprise when Faith got called up to represent Australia against England at the Gabba in Brisbane. The English captain took her place at the crease. Faith focused on the wickets. One step, two, three step, four. Whoosh! The ball smashed into the middle stump and sent it flying through the air, right over the top of the wicketkeeper's head. But that test match was Faith's first and last. Cricket was just a game to Faith. She didn't want to travel overseas. She wanted to be a nurse. Sometimes 
her patients found out that Faith was the first Aboriginal person to be picked on any Australian sporting team, but Faith shrugged it off. It was no big deal, she said. I'm saving lives now, and that's a real big deal. To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls for free, go to the ABC Listen app or anywhere you get your podcasts. And girls, stay fierce and stay fabulous. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women and a couple of snazzy guys. It's produced by Tamar Cranswick and Sam Wicks. The executive producers are Justine Kelly and Rachel Fountain. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. David LeMay is the amazing audio engineer who puts in all the cool sound effects like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. And if you need more fierceness in your life, have a listen to the other Fierce Girls stories we've made just for you. Over and out.